Our special guest today is Kirk Ford. We wish that his whole family could be here, but they got little kids that they're trying to keep their life somewhat stable while they're here in the United States. Uh, but Kirk and his wife, Carla, we picked up as missionaries about six or seven years ago. Something like that. We didn't know them. They're from Oklahoma. But we had a missionary in a country in northern Europe whose name we try not to mention much publicly because it's not a very good thing. They don't want missionaries there. So we're not going to talk about that. But we had a missionary there and they left the field. We said, we want to keep a missionary in that country. So we did some research and we come across Kirk and Carla. And actually when we first took them on, Kirk couldn't come. So Carla came and did a great job sharing. In the last many years that we've been associated with them, great things have happened. God brought two children into their lives. If he wants to share more about that, he can do that. Um, Caleb and Caitlin, and um, they changed fields from that particular nation, we're not mentioning by name, to Spain. And now they've got some other changes happening, but I'm going to let him share about that. Kirk, come. It's great to have you with us. He is going to share what he's been doing, what they're going to be doing. He's got God's word for us, and I encourage you to have your hearts open to whatever God wants to use him to do in your life. But it's so good to partner with you guys in missions. Thank you, Pastor. We checked them in. We got through in time to get lunch. How many of you know it's a good day when you get through security in time to still have lunch? And so we got through security, we got to our boarding gate, and they fed us another lunch. How many of you know it's not a good sign when the airline feeds you a free lunch? And this wasn't just any lunch. This was like half a chicken, plus vegetables, plus fruit. Like, oh Lord, this is really not good. And so they shared with us that, well, we have an issue with emergency light on the plane. And so we're going to have to send you guys down to a hotel. We'll bring you back tomorrow, and then we'll try this again. The next day, we showed up again with our 15 bags, because we had to pick them up and take them back every time. We checked them in. Well, we tried to check them in anyway. Uh, once One place was saying, the plane's not going to go. Another place was saying, yes, the plane is going to go. So we just split. My wife stood in one line. I stood in the other. Finally, I think just to get rid of us, they said, all right, fine, the plane's going to go. We checked in our, pla- our bags. We got back there again, and the same plane was sitting right there. It ended up they had to order the part from London, and it was still stuck in customs at that point. And after sitting there for several hours, they came up and said, the light's not going to work. And so they took us back to the hotel, dropped us off, and said, buenos suertes. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, that means good luck. You're on your own. We're no longer paying for your room. We're no longer providing transportation. Good luck getting back to the States. And so I got on the phone with American Airlines and and was able to get us a flight booked on Friday. And uh, we were happy that that we were finally able to get on that flight and get back to the States. We missed missionary renewal. But you know what? I think God knows things a little bit better than we do. Because we had just got done packing a house. It was 102 degrees outside. We were running 103 temperature with, with strep. We were completely exhausted. God knew we couldn't handle another week of being in meetings and everything else. God knew that we needed time to rest and to heal. Sometimes I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Feels that way. But we are, we are grateful that he did know what he was doing. We did finally get on a plane. We did finally get here. And praise God, 
we're moving on itineration, uh, and I will share more with you in just a little bit what all is going on. But today, I want to share a message with you that I've come to call Confessions of a Dreamer. And I call it Confessions of a Dreamer because back in uh, 2016, we just came off the field in that country that uh, Pastor mentioned earlier. And when we came off the field, uh, we, were, we were excited because God had done so much. He had led us to plan a, a, a media ministry for the first time in, in that large area. He led us to, to build a studio and, and train up a team and, and give, hand it over and so that the ministry could continue. And God brought the finances along. He brought the people along. And we, we were excited that God was moving and he was doing things. And we just couldn't wait to see what he was going to do in Spain. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me, let's look at Genesis chapter number 37, verses 5 through 11. I say we were excited about what God was going to do in Spain because I believe God's dreams are huge. I want to be a part of something God's doing. And when God is already doing something, I kind of anticipate that he's going to do something more. And as I look in the Bible, if there's anyone that I would say that that person is a dreamer, that I think that person would be Joseph. And so as we look at our scripture in Genesis chapter number 37, verse number 5 says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Uh, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream and what he said. Then he had another dream and he told his brothers, Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When his father, when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous, but his father kept the matter in mind. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. God, thank you so much for your word. God, and I pray throughout the remainder of this service, that's exactly what we will be spoken, Lord, are your words and not mine. Holy Spirit, I ask you for your anointing. I ask for your presence. Go, go out before us and prepare our hearts for what you have for us to receive this morning. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. On May, on May of 2018, we landed in Madrid, Spain. And within a month, we, we had a house. It, and it was a house that, that we had. It was a chalet, kind of a, row, kind of a row house. But it was a miraculous way in which we got it because we had found out about the house, but then the owners wanted to sell it. And the owner's wife, 
wasn't a Christian, woke up and told her husband and said, Safa, the name is Safa and Christina, said, Safa, I don't think we should sell our house. He said, what? He said, I don't think we should sell our house. I think we should rent it to this family and, and not only rent it to them, but rent it to them for less than what we can actually get just to make sure we get them in this house. And when we heard about it, we were excited because here we were, we're only a month in, in country and, and we were already had a house and God miraculously provided and it was moving exactly in the direction that I thought that, that God's dream would go. Confession number one. It's probably not going to happen the way that you have it pictured in your mind. You know, I think if you were to ask Joseph right now, is that the way you thought that dream would go? I think he would say, nope. Not at all. Same way happened, same thing happened to us. We, after we were in our, our house that God miraculously provided, we had to order furniture. And in Spain, you, you kind of order furniture in. You don't really go to a store and pick it up. You order it and it trickles in over about a six month period. One of the first pieces of furniture we got was my daughter's toddler bunk bed. I had a brilliant idea, I thought at the time. We'll get this toddler bunk bed. The the rooms in Spain are small, so she can play under it. And so we keep all the floor clean outside of there. I'd only been a parent for a year. Forgive me for that. But that was the thought. And my wife's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that'll work. So it was one of the first pieces of furniture that arrived. and, And when my daughter came in for her siesta time, now in Spain at two o'clock, there's a very serious matter that has to be taken care of. It's called siesta. And from two to five, they are on siesta. Our hairdresser would not even book an appointment after 1.30 to make sure she got out in time for siesta. To be the good missionaries we were, we wanted to make sure that we were culturally relevant and put our kids down for siesta. And so my, my daughter came in for siesta, and she saw her in her bed. She excitedly ran up the, uh, the little ladder and jumped on the bed, and, and my wife sat on the floor, and my son walked in, and, and she re- turned around to, to answer his question. When she turned back around, my daughter went from a, laying, a prone position to setting up on the rail to falling off onto the hard floor, fracturing her skull, breaking a bone in her ear, and began bleeding out of her ear. We'd been in country all of a month. You can imagine how much Spanish we knew at that point. Yo quiero Taco Bell was pretty good for us. And so my wife called me and she's panicked and she's freaking out that that this blood's coming out of my daughter's ear. So we rushed her to the university hospital and and they resin test already said it's it's worse than than what we can handle we need to send you guys to specialists so we're we're not sure that we have the capabilities of dealing with this so they sent her to a neurological intensive care unit in downtown madrid we got down there and they were all speaking Spanish. We couldn't understand them. We didn't understand really what the deal was, what was going on. All we knew is that my daughter was laying there, that she was hurt, and for some reason, they were keeping her in this special ICU room. We found out the next morning that the thing that they were most afraid of, I believe it's called a hematoma, bleeding on the brain. They were concerned about this, and, and so they were monitoring her all night long, and the doctor shared with her, said, 
that hematoma that, that we were concerned about, it's not there anymore. See, a year earlier, Caitlin had tooth put in her ear. And it allowed the blood to escape from her ear instead of pulling on her brain. I can tell you that's not how I imagined it happening whenever we got to Spain. And over the next two years, we spent so much time in doctor's offices and hospitals that we jokingly talked about starting a hospital ministry from the inside out. And it got to the point that our area directors were concerned about us and they said, guys, you guys have just been through too much. We need you guys to, to, to go on sabbatical. We need you guys to, to just get healthy yourself so that you can minister to others. And we agreed to go reluctantly, but we agreed to go because leadership asked us. We went on sabbatical March 1st of 2020, and much to our surprise, the rest of the world joined us on our sabbatical two weeks later. And it was during that time that we found out that my time on, on computer screen time was one of the major causes of my chronic migraines. I was having as much as 25 to 30 a month. We had it down to 12 to 15 a month with Botox. But what we found out during that time was more than three hours on the screen, I would have a migraine. And so that sent us into a time of searching and, and asking God, what, what can we do if we can't do media anymore? This is what we've been doing for the last eight years. Well, what, what can we do? And God put something on my heart that honestly I was not ready for. Honestly, I, can't, I can tell you that it wasn't something that I wanted. But God put church planners on my heart. At the time, I was getting my coaching credentials, and I was thinking, okay, great. I can coach church planners. Confession number two. Doing God's will your way is not the same as doing God's will his way. God put church planners on my heart, and... I thought, okay, I can go forward with this. We can work on this. I can help coach people through this. And so with the coaching time, I, I began to sit down and, and develop a business plan about how we could uh, build this team, how we could mentor the team and disciple them. I had books that, that I went through and highlighted all my questions. And, and I had a year's worth of material from, from the time that we were uh, putting the team together to discipling, to evangelism, to planning the church. I had an entire plan put together. The problem, that was me taking ownership of God's plan. See, God doesn't call us to make his plans happen. He asks us to be stewards of his plan. And so that, that very uh, business plan that I put together still sits in Spain unused. When we flew back in, in June, uh, June of last year, we didn't have a... Go ahead and skip past that one. We didn't have a clue as to what we were going to do. 
To be exact, we were just told about two months later that church plant that we were preparing for in Spain wasn't going to happen. And not only was it not going to happen, they told us even if we were going to do one, we would not do it there. And so we're lost completely. Here I worked and I planted and, 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 and now it's not happening. What in the world are we going to do? And for the first month, pastors would ask us, well, what are you guys going to do in the next term? We'd look at them and say, we don't have a clue. If you've got a word from the Lord, we'll take it. But we don't have a clue. And until August of last year, we honestly did not have anything. At one point, we were talking about leaving AGWM completely and planning an international church in downtown Oklahoma City. But all during that time, I was meeting with a friend of mine named Chris. And we were talking about what we might be able to do together. Because at the same time, he was in transition. And we finally got to have a meeting with our district missions director. And and we went in and we talked to him. And we we shared some of the ideas that we had. And we shared about maybe England. England might be the place for for us. And and we tossed it around. And he said, well, will you guys be okay not knowing for sure until next spring? And I'll be honest with you, I lied. I said, yes. But we weren't. We weren't okay with that. But all along the time that, that we were thinking and praying, Chris had an appointment himself with the district missions director. And after he got done with his meeting, I, I wrote him and said, how do things go? And he said, we need to talk. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, what did I say? It's kind of like when your spouse says, we need to talk. It's usually not a good sign. I said, we need to talk now? He said, I'll meet you in 30 minutes at Starbucks. I'm thinking, oh Lord, it's going to happen now. And so I got to Starbucks in time to pray before he showed up there. And he came in, he went in, got his coffee, and came out and sat down beside me and kind of sunk in this chair and, and looked straight at me. He said, um, I think we're going to plant a church in England. See, all along, we didn't have a clue what the world we were doing, but God was lining things up for exactly what he was doing. See, I was preparing to plant a church in Spain. God was preparing me to plant a church in England. Can I tell you, whenever you give way to God's will, it's going to happen, and you give way to God's timing, it gives room for God to show up and show off. God's dreams are much better, bigger than we can even possibly imagine. And so as of this last week, we can officially say we are going to the UK. It looks like right, or to Great Britain, England specifically. It looks like we're going to plant a church down in the Brighton area. And as I, as I began to look and read about England and begin to read about these areas, I found something that, that they were a great, um, Christian uh, country at the time there were a country that that gave revivalists such as George Whitfield and and Charles Spurgeon they gave theologians and writers like uh, C.S. Lewis and uh, John Wesley they gave out great missionaries such as uh, Harold Schofield and Hudson Taylor and C.T. Studd and, and actually that, that one missionary C.T. Studd made this quote and it's now becoming one of my favorite quotes He said, some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bells. 
I want to live within a yard of hell. Can I tell you, when you're talking about an area in England where it's 72% agnostic and atheist, you get down to the south part where we're going and it's 55% belongs to the LGBTQ community, it's time to set up a rescue shop. It's time to invade hell's territory. It's, begin, it's time to begin letting God be God in that area. And the only way we can do it, the only way we can do it is through complete submission. An evangelist in, in England once told um, Dale Moody, he said, Moody, the world is yet to see what God will do with someone completely concentrated to him. The world has yet to see. That same college, I believe it was the same college, they went out and they were visiting John Wesley's home. And in John Wesley's bedroom, there are two indentions in the, ch- in the floor where he used to kneel and pray every night. Anyways, uh, the church or the college group was going through and they saw these imprints and they got done with their tour and they got back on the bus and they noticed that there was one person missing. And as the instructor or the teacher went back through the house, he, he found a young Billy Graham kneeling in those very imprints saying, God, do it again. Lord, do it again. Can I tell you, God is able to do it again. God is able to bring this nation back to him. God is able to bring a revival that sweeps like a wildfire across the country. And that very uh, community that's 55% belonging to LGBTQ, the, that same country that's 72%, Atheists and agnostics, I believe, can be a powerhouse for God again. We just need God to do it again. When you yield your control to God's, to do His will, His way, His timing, it opens up dreams. It opens up things that are exponentially bigger than anything you could imagine that one church that I was dreaming of right now in that area as of Friday they were talking about planting three churches down there not one but three when we're obedient and we listen what God wants and we do God's will his way he does it exponentially bigger than anything we could possibly imagine my last confession is this. When all else fails, trust. Trust in the one who began the good work in you is faithful. Trust in the, in the dream that he's placed inside your heart and know that, that uh, God's dreams never go without God's provisions. Trust in, in that God can use your circumstances in anything you go through, whether you're in a pit, whether you're in a jail, whether uh, you're uh, in a place that, that you don't feel like you should be. If it, no matter what seems to be happening, know that God can use every single one of those as stepping stones to get you prepared for where he wants you to be. Can I tell you, God is moving you to the palace. God is moving you where he needs you to be. He just needs you to be willing to trust him. In the path. 
know that God's plans are perfect and everything else looks dark and impossible. Trust in the one who gave God the dream. Gave you the God's dream. Trust that he's there and he is for you. He's not against you. Because can I tell you today, there were times in the last four years that I wondered, God, where in the world are you in the midst of this? God, where in the world are you with everything we're going through and dealing with? God, where in the world are you? To be exact, one of those times was in that airport. On the second day, if, if I can get the worship team, on the second day when they canceled our flight, my wife was completely distraught. She was, she was talking with anyone who talked with her. She was praying with anyone who would pray with her. And, and she just completely uh, beside herself. She didn't know what in the world to do. She was tired. She was exhausted. She just wanted to get home. She wanted to be somewhere to be home. And, and it, while she was in this point, I was trying to be the good husband. And, and I was on the phone. And, and I was on with American Airlines. And they offered us a flight that would go from Madrid to Mexico City back to Dallas. And order to get to Oklahoma City and I was considering it and as we were talking about doing that and and booking that my phone went dead see we were supposed to be out of the country two days prior my phone plan ran out and during that time on the phone I'm asking the question God where are you and this lady comes back there and this lady's on her flight, and, and she says, can I give your kids some candy? I said, yeah, absolutely, just keep them quiet. You, you, you can give them anything you want. Uh, and so she sat there with them. And when I got off the phone, I went over and sat down beside her, and she said, you know, I'm a Christian, and, and I, just, I just want to give you this. And she gave us an offering, and it helped us through the next three days that, that we were in Madrid. But not only did she do that, but she sat right with us. Since our phones were dead, she made sure that we stayed together. She helped us with our kids. She helped us with our 15 bags. She, she stayed with us all along. And, and as she shared with us where she was from, she, it ended up that she was located only two hours from where I live in Oklahoma. Can I tell you the same God that took someone from, from Oklahoma and put them in an airport in Madrid, Spain, just to show me that he cared, just to show me that he was right there beside you is the same one that same God that's sitting right beside you in the midst of your struggle and sitting right beside you in the midst of what you're going through. He's the same God that's calling you to, to dreams and visions that are much bigger than what you can possibly imagine. But the question I want to ask you today, can you trust him? Can you trust him with those circumstances? Can you trust him with those dreams? Can you trust him in those things? Would you be willing to let go completely and let things happen in God's timing and the way that he wants it to happen. If I get every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask a couple of questions. The first one is this. Maybe as I was sharing today, maybe you're out there and you can say, man, I wish I had someone like that I could lean on. Man, when I'm stressed out, I, I, I wish I had someone that, that, that I could talk to. I wish I had someone that would help me out like that. Can I tell you today, you can. His name is Jesus. 
and he's closer than a brother. And he will be there and he will take care of you. He will love you. He will provide for you. All he asks you to do is trust him. Maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus before. Maybe you did at one time, but it's been a long time ago. So I'm going to ask you, if you're in this place and you say, that's me. Today I need to either commit my life to Christ or, or I need to recommit my life to Christ. If you're online, put it in the chat. If you're in here today and say, that's me, just slip a hand up and write back down. We're not going to go any further than that. Is there anyone in here that say, yeah, that's me? Thank you. Is there anyone else that say, yeah, that's me? That's me. I need to put my trust in Jesus today. Thank you. Is there anyone else that say, yeah, that's me? Today I need to fully trust and heal. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of the things I'm going through. Today I need to turn everything over to Him. Is there anyone else that say, yeah, that's me? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Yes, thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you. Is there anywhere else? Okay, here's the second thing. Maybe you're in here today and man, you've been going through the fire. And at times it's felt like you're alone and maybe you even ask that same question, God, where in the world are you in the midst of this? God, I just need to know that you're near me. I need to know that you care. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to slip a hand up and write back down. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Because, yeah, that's me. I need to know where God is right now. Is there anyone else? Say, yeah, thank you. Is there anyone else? Say, that's me. Okay, here's my last question. Maybe you're in here today and as I was sharing about God-sized dreams, maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking something into your heart. Maybe he's calling you to to do something bigger than you've ever done before in your life. Maybe he's calling you to, to step out on the water and to trust him with each and every step. If you're in here and you say, that's me, just slip a hand up and write back down. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? So that's me. Thank you. Anyone else? So that's me. Okay, so I'm going to do this altar call a little bit different. What I want you to do is if you stood, if you raised your hand for any one of those three questions, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Would you stand? If you could raise your hand for any one of those three questions, I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. There are a lot of people that raise their hand. Yes, it's anyone else. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Now you're thinking, man, I missed my chance. You haven't missed it. You can still stand up right now. Is there anyone else? Anyone else want to stand up right now? Okay, here's what I want to do. Everyone that's got their head bowed, eyes closed, I want you to look up and look around. I want you to find someone that's standing right now. And I want you to go begin believing with them in prayer. Because see, in a rope, there's three strands. And three strands are much tighter than one strand. Would you go be another strand? Can I get two two or three people with each person? There's a lady right back here. and There's some gentlemen right back here. Can I get someone to pray with them? There's a couple of ladies right over here. Can I get someone to come pray with them? 
There's some young people right back here in the back. Can I get someone to come pray with them? Sure, there we pray for. Anyone? I think there's a couple people right here. Can someone pray with them? Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much. God, that you care for us, that, that you want us to know that you're right there with us in the midst of struggle. Lord, I pray for each and every one right now that's, that's putting their trust, their trust in you. Maybe for the first time or, or maybe they've done it before. I don't know. But I ask you, God, right now that they will literally feel that burden lift. That they will feel that weight come off of them. Lord, I ask you right now, God, for each and every one, God, that's asking you to, to, uh, to be near them in what they're going through. Lord, I ask you that they will literally physically feel a, a, spirit, a Holy Spirit hug. May they feel the warmth of your presence around their heart and in their chest. And know that you're standing right there beside them. That you've never left them nor have you forsaken them. That you are going to bring them through as they trust in you. God, I pray right now for the God-sized dreams that are being burst right now in this place. God, I pray right now, Lord, that God is a trust you with something that's so much bigger than themselves. God, I pray right now, Lord, prepare them. Prepare their hearts, God. Prepare their minds, God. God, Lord, as they prepare themselves to invade Harold's territory. God, I ask you, Lord, prepare them right now. Show them that the armies are with them. Show them that this is you right now. This is you. This is you that's calling them. It's you asking them to step out on the water. God, Lord, may there not be any doubt at all in their mind that this is you asking them to do this. God, I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's a a new ministry coming out of this church. Maybe it's a, a, a missions. Maybe maybe it's a call to ministry. I don't know what it is, God. But Lord, I ask you right now, Lord, make a way. Make a way even through the ways that seem that there is no way. God, I ask you to show up and show off in their lives. So that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is God's thing. And you're going to make it happen. Lord, thank you for it. We give you praise. promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are, and you are our waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are the waymaker, 
I believe God has done some great things this morning, this afternoon now, but I don't think he's done. This is what I think we need to do and want to do just for the next couple of months. If everybody would stand, please. And I want to preface what I'm going to say real quickly with something I should have said earlier, and I'm sorry I didn't. It's great having our missionary guest with us today. But I meant to tell you before he came up, would you please follow the leading of God, our Father, and the Holy Spirit in giving toward Him, um, not to Him personally, but to the work that He and His family are involved in. And you can do that before you leave today. You can do it online, but you can put it in the regular offering back there. We don't say a lot about money and offerings because God takes care of us because you're faithful. But when we have missionary guests, I always encourage you to give generously and even sacrificially if God so leads you to. So before you leave today, if you're here in the building, would you put something in the offering box in the back? Market Missionary, Market Kirk, Market Fords. We'll know what it's for. But I believe that God wants to touch even more the people, uh, more people than what He's already done. And I think this song that Pastor Nate chose for us to conclude our service with is so appropriate that Jesus is the waymaker. And everything our guests spoke about this morning, if you need a closer relationship with Jesus, you just need to know He's there. You just need to know that He's got a solution to your problem. Or you just need to know that He's going to be with you going through whatever you're going through and that He's going to bring you out the other side. It comes, as He said, by putting your trust in Him. So before we close in prayer, I want us all to sing this together and you make it your commitment, make it your response to what God has spoken to you about this morning. Okay, so Pastor Nate, lead us in that song and that's going to be our commitment and I'll come back to close in prayer. Waymaker, say, waymaker, miracle worker, promise me you're the light in the darkness. Oh, you are miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is, that is who you are, and that is who you are, and that is who you are, and that is who you are. You are, that is, that is who you are, and that is who you are, and that is who you are, that is who you are. Say, even when I, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop, even when, even when I don't feel it, you work Even when I don't feel it, you work You never stop, you never stop, you never stop. One more time, say, even when, even when I don't see it, you work Even when I don't feel it, you work You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, oh, 
way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, you're the light in darkness, my God, that is as we close in prayer today I want us to do one more thing just for a minute talk about Jesus being with us and what we're going through and all that kind of stuff and us knowing he's here with us you know one of the ways he manifests that one of the ways he shows that is to remind us that we're not in this by ourselves we are all in this together with one another so as we close in prayer I just want to invite you to join me to pray not just for yourself, but pray for the person to your right or to your left. If you're with people that you know and you're comfortable with and all that kind of stuff and you want to lay a hand on them, you're with family, you want to hold hands, I don't care. If the person next to you you don't know, don't do anything weird or make them feel strange, but just let them know that you're standing with them. So let's take a moment. Can you begin to pray for that person to the right of you? You may know him, you may not. But Lord, right now, we just pray for that person to the right of us. Lord, we pray for our friend, our brother and sister in Christ, if that's what they are. Lord, we pray for them today that you would let them know that you love them and that you are with them. And I'm standing with them too. If I know them well, great. If I don't, I'm going to love them in Jesus' name. And we pray that you would work in their circumstances, in their situations, whatever it might be, to bring healing, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it might be, to a relationship. We pray, dear God, that you'd work in their finances, that you'd work in in their marriage, if they're married, Lord God, or in their work situation, in school, whatever it is. Touch them, help them, lead them, provide for them, and help them to know that they're not alone. You're with them, and I'm with them right now, Lord God, just standing with them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just now do something similar to the person that's on your left-hand side? Father, we just pray for this one that's on our left-hand side, Lord. God, we just stand with them. We just say we love them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for your love for them. And we pray that you'd work in their lives. We pray, dear Lord God, that you'd extend your hand to them, Lord God. And that you would work in their situation and whatever their need might be. We pray for healing, Lord God. Again, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it might be. Work in all their relationships, their marriage, if they're married, Lord God. Work in their job situation, their school situation. Father, we pray that you comfort and strengthen and encourage and give them wisdom, whatever it is they need today. And help them know that they are not alone, Lord. You're with them. I'm with them, Lord God. I'm standing with them. And God, we thank you that we can be a part of a body of believers that love and serve you and love and serve each other. Lord God, we don't do it perfectly, but we pray you'd help us to do it better. And Father, we pray that you would help us as we leave this place in just a couple of moments to be your ambassadors to the world. Our theme this year, Christ among us, that Lord, that 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 fragrance, Lord, spiritually speaking, figuratively speaking, would be around us, that people would see something different in us and want what we have and that we'd have the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them in very practical ways. And when you open the door with the truth of your gospel, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us today. Thank you for moving in our midst. Thank you for touching our lives. Thank you for being that way maker for us, Lord God. And Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. 
Everybody said amen. 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 God bless you.